I'm sorry, so sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. Oops, I'm sorry. So sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. Oops, I'm sorry. So sorry, not sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. So sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. Welcome to the Unapologetic Love Podcast. I'm Joy, and I'm thrilled to have you join me for real, unfiltered conversations about self-love, polyamory, spirituality, and beyond. As your host, my goal is to create a space where we can explore all aspects of our identity and learn how to build healthy and fulfilling relationships with ourselves and others. Let's dive deep and get raw as we celebrate all the wonderfully messy parts of ourselves. This isn't your grandma's podcast. It's a space for anyone who's ever felt like they don't quite fit in or who's ever been told they're too much or not enough. So grab a mimosa, relax, and let's embrace our truest selves together. On today's episode, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Cambria Caldwell. Cambria is a licensed marriage and family therapist who has devoted her life into the self-love journey. Today, we're going to discuss how self-love can help individuals navigate their relationships. We'll explore the concept of self-love and how it applies to relationships common relationship issues stemming from lack of self-love, and practical tips for practicing self-love in relationships. Cambria is an expert in the area of self-love, and I'm thrilled to have her share her knowledge and experience with us today. Without further ado, let's get started. Hey, Cambria, how are you? I'm good. I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me today. We did talk a little bit before the podcast. I'm excited to, to dig deeper into what you do um, and share with everyone what you do. What inspired you to become a licensed marriage and family therapist and how did you get started in your practice? Well, honestly, I think that it was a calling. It was something that mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do. I was always that mature, responsible friend that people mm-hmm. used to come to for advice. And then when I went to college my first year, I decided to become a mentor for people who were younger than me who were trying to get into college. And I think that was the first time that I really, really realized that I was good at um, being a good listener, being empathetic and and giving advice. And it just, it kind of spearheaded from there, to be honest. Oh, we talked a little bit before the, the um, episode started about like how you got started in your private practice. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about that? So um, it's tricky starting private practice because you have to be a little bit of a business person as well as a people person, get people to get to know you and establish trust with people. And so a lot of it has to do with just networking Um, because we are in 2023, everything is online. Having an online presence is really helpful. And so I started to put myself on different directories. Um, I'm on like Therapy for Black Girls, for example, Psychology Today, Mental Health Match, and a couple of other websites that that I'm on. Um, And also uh, speaking with other therapists, um, going to different schools, um, doing speaking engagements, and just doing um, outreach to people. Because also, I think that mental health is so important. It's not something that you should have to have money to get. And so giving back to the community is also very important. It definitely is. I agree. I know that like I I went through, I kind of grew up in foster care. So I did have like therapists when I was in foster care. But once I got out of foster care, it was just like, and kids who are in foster care need that the most because they're going through feelings of abandonment, but I couldn't afford it. I'm fresh out of foster care. I couldn't afford to get a therapist. So I suffered for Mm -hmm. years alone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. It's definitely really dope that you are, you want to reach the people that, that can't really afford it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important to have programs starting. I'm also starting a nonprofit. So my business is called Self Love is the Key. I'm mm-hmm. starting a nonprofit sector of that so that I can gather donations to be able to provide therapy to people who can't afford it and also really have um, insurance. And so that's a whole other thing, though. It's a little bit of gatekeeping, I believe. Um, the insurance racket is what it is. It's a racket. People don't know that. It's actually pretty hard for therapists to get on panels with insurances because insurances, they have their own rules and they also don't want to pay you that much. And they want if they want you to provide the service in a short span, a short amount of time. People that I want to work with, like, you know, people who have been through the system, who have been in, in foster care, parole, probation, who have um, struggled with substance use, a lot of times they don't have the resources. Yeah. They definitely make it difficult yes. because most of those people are black. So yes. the color exactly. <laughs> they, exactly. they definitely make it difficult for us to get better. So it's important to just to I think, or at least at least for me, it's very important to give back to the community. Which right. Is, again, I said like starting a nonprofit and you know being okay with volunteering at times, and then offering sliding scale fees. So mm-hmm. people can afford it and working around their budget, which is something that you have to also be good at being flexible with those budgets. That's right. whether you do coaching or um, or counseling. And you're from LA, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny because most people from LA, I don't know anywhere else because I'm from LA too. But I don't know. I don't know about anywhere else, but most people from LA, that's their biggest driver is to give back to the mm-hmm. community. You have those few that don't really care, but people who make it out, of LA generally want to give it back or people who make it to a better situation generally want to give it back. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I definitely I definitely came from the bottom. Humble beginnings. Right. I grew up in like Crenshaw District, Inglewood area my whole life. Several different households, all that kind of thing. Um, I was in the system, but I was blessed enough to to have my grandmother took me in. I have an aunt who took me in. But I say blessed because I know that that's not everyone's story. People were actually yeah. they were in. They had to go to different foster homes. They had to go to group homes and things like that. But those are my friends. Though right. that's who I grew up around. That's who I and I would help. I had friends who ran away, and I would help them. My grandma would help them so that yeah. I. About that struggle. Where yeah. were you when I was growing up? <laughs> I'm telling you, like here now. <laughs> right, right. I know we was. I was. I grew up in um because we got taken away. My mom was on drugs, so we got taken away pretty early. Uh, well, my sister. I was 14. My sister was five, and we got separated. We got separated, and I was in foster cares. They labeled me as the problem child because I spoke up, and um. I was in foster care and group homes and all of that. And I like, I'm telling you, like we got, I got emancipated and I was was just on my own, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. So that's, and then people like your grandma, dope she was everybody's grandma everybody could come, to her, everyone could come to her house could get something to eat but she we didn't have a, we didn't have a whole lot but whatever she had she would share we would have cots girl we had cots <laughs> in the living room little little makeup little beds in my room in her room on the floor like all kinds of things mm-hmm. but <laughs> so I grew I up like- with it and I always want to give back 
Mm-hmm. I, I I got lucky enough to meet my best friend and her mom um kind of took me up. I was in my twenties by the time I met them, but her mom kind of like took me in and but I I was in and out getting in trouble. They would keep my son and I it was a lot going on. But they literally without them, if I had not met someone else, I probably I don't who knows where I would be today. They contribute a lot to like who I am today. Thank you, Destiny. But see, hearing stories like that, that reminds me that there are good people in the world. There are some people Absolutely. who have so many bad experiences that they that they don't they don't know that there are people in the world that they can trust and that there are good people in the world. And sometimes as a coach, as a therapist, you have to be that light. You have to be that hope for them. You may be that first person that they can confide in and they can trust. Exactly. How, how do you incorporate the principles of self-love into your therapeutic approach? And what techniques do you use to help clients develop a deeper sense of self-love? Well, when it comes to self-love, a lot of it is being able to identify the negative self-talk that mm-hmm. we all have in our heads and really actively challenge those things. Um, a lot of it is um, practicing. So I'm, I'm really big on mindfulness, meditation, journaling or just putting like little mm-hmm. notes in your phone like having dialogues with yourself right um, so you can reprogram your mind to think more positively and also practicing forgiveness forgiveness of self mm-hmm. and self-compassion is very important um because we should be our biggest cheerleaders we shouldn't be our biggest bullies and a lot of times it start it starts here it starts inside mm-hmm. When you wake up and you're and you're beating yourself up already, you are attacking your day in a negative way. And so if you can find ways to reprogram yourself, I'm sorry, you might hear my cat in the background. <laughs> if, you can, if you can find ways to reprogram your thoughts, that's where it starts. And and sometimes and it is a practice. I'm not gonna say that it's easy. So I have some clients practice looking yourself in the mirror, telling yourself that you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that you like about yourself? writing down what was your biggest win for the day even if it's just one thing that's something and doing it and doing it consistently every day mm-hmm. even if it takes months it starts there mm-hmm. right absolutely i know that that's when i started to that's what pushed me towards self-love because when i started to really care about myself that's when my life started to change i know i like i suffer from self-hate because we no one really talked about self-hate, but I, I suffer from it because I grew up, I was going through the whole, nobody wants me. My mom didn't want me. My dad didn't want me. Nobody wants me. I'm unlovable. So that in turn, okay, well, if they don't love me, then how can I love myself? And then once I, I got here um, to Vegas and I started to, I, I started to see myself. I got incarcerated. I, we, I took some classes in there because I was like determined to to make myself better because I knew something was wrong. And I started, there was this, uh, what was it called? It was like a life skills class. So I took the life skills class and people would get so mad at me because I would stand up and I would speak. And I would speak when I tell you every time this was something to talk about, I would talk. But it healed me. Then I got out and I knew that there was something better that I could get have something better. That's when it all like appeared to me was when that it's because of that class literally because of that class and so I got out I started to try to make my life better but I would fall back into old habits and I like would beat myself up about it I have my my 18 he's 18 now but he would he would get so upset because he's like mom you're like I would cry two weeks straight I would just be in this big depression and it got to the point where I had to start 
it was consistent. I had to consistently talk to myself and consistently walk myself through it. And it's to the point where when something bad happens, literally in that moment, I'm over it because I had to keep picking myself up and keep going through the whole process of the positive affirmations. The And it took years. It took four years for me to get to the point where I was like, actually, I love myself and I care about myself and I got this and I can do this. And I actually believe when I say that now, the whole like just being mindful and practicing gratitude and doing my meditations and all of that. Absolutely. You got it. It starts here. It starts with you. We can be our biggest critics, our Mm -hmm. biggest critics, our biggest bullies. And so it's about reprogramming yourself. You should be your biggest cheerleader. You should be your, your own best friend. And also um, another point about self-love, a lot of times it's reparenting. Yeah. A lot of times it's doing things that our parents should have done and weren't able to do for whatever reason, right? So telling yourself the things that your parents should have told you. Talking to yourself like you would your best friend, or like you would talking to your childhood self, your inner child. That is very much needed. A lot of us, there's a lot of people who are, I call them like little big kids, like little children and, and grown people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And women realize that you have to speak to that child all the time. Yep. yep. And it also comes with even hugging yourself. Stuff, stuff as stuff as things as small as like hugging yourself. Just sitting, and I don't mean it doesn't have to be like a physical hug, just sitting down and sitting with yourself. And like when, like you said, celebrating those small wins, like when when something's going on and I start getting depressed or sad about something, I sit there and I'm like, I'm doing really good. And and just hugging myself and loving myself for how far I came. You're doing great. Yes, girl. No, I believe in that. I believe in the hugging. But there, there's actually techniques. <laughs> no, it's called the butterfly hug. You take your hands, you put them around yourself like this, and you, mm-hmm. rub, yourself. Oh. you rub yourself. And I, because I, I have clients who they go months with no, with no affection, with no one around, no hugs, no one to touch them. And we talk about different things that they can do, like the butterfly hug. You can go, you can buy yourself a weighted blanket or put several blankets around yourself and wrap yourself up. You can do self-soothing with senses, with the five senses. So you can do things with sound. For me, I don't know about you, but I love music. Music saved my yeah, life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Life. And there are, I will put on my music, girl, and I will light my candles. I will light my incense and mm-hmm. I will be in my own little world. And for me, that is loving myself. People yeah. When you do that with intention, it's a whole different feeling than when you're just you're just going through life and you just, oh yeah, I hear music on, oh yeah, the TV's on. No, doing it mindfully, saying no, I'm loving myself right now. I'm gonna go and get get myself some some really good lotion and mm-hmm. and that I really love the smell of and rub that on myself. I'm gonna go buy myself a candle. I'm gonna go get a couple of blankets and wrap them around myself because I love myself. I'm gonna go buy that dress. Just for me, not for anybody else, because I, I want it because I love myself. Exactly. It's not selfish. Self-love is not selfish. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And even something as small as I remember my son used to yell at me for always, always watching TV. But at, at, at a point I was just watching it. But like even with the mindfulness of it, OK, I'm going to sit down and watch TV for an hour because I need a break. Mental break. And I kind of need to tune out for a little bit and then I'll revisit the things that I need to get done because I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, no, the body deserves rest at all times. Absolutely. I work with a lot of clients who have anxiety too. They have mm-hmm. anxiety, 
they 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 ruminate like they think about things over and over and over again things that they can't fix things from the past they worry about the future they worry about the present they just have worries and with anxiety people think that if i'm not thinking about it then something's wrong and that's a whole that's a wrong way of thinking about it you can you can take back control of your life by writing things down saying you know what i have an issue and i'm going to solve that issue tomorrow at 3 p.m <laughs> exactly i'm going to solve it and i'm going to solve it tomorrow at 3 p.m but right now i deserve to rest i deserve to spend time with my family i deserve to spend time with my friends i deserve it to go out take right. myself out to brunch i deserve to go to the movies i, de I deserve th those things just like everybody else does i should not punish myself because life is stressful exactly it doesn't even make sense when you really think about it it doesn't because you can't you can't move like you i i personally me when mm. i'm feeling too overwhelmed and i don't give myself time to rest my body's like uh-uh you gonna rest <laughs> i will get really lazy and really into myself and i just i feel incapable of doing and making any moves so i'd rather give myself an hour break before i get to that point than to get to the point where i can't do nothing because i'm so overwhelmed you gotta reprogram it and a lot of that comes mm -hmm. from you know especially black women but we always gotta be the strong ones and we feel like we gotta always move the responsible move. ones the, the the dependable ones all the time and that has to stop as mm -hmm. women we deserve to rest and it's okay to not always be superwoman and to not always be that warrior it's okay to, to be soft we're coming exactly. into the soft era right we're in that soft era now and it's okay to say i need to pour into my own cup today exactly and then i'll be i'll be there for you tomorrow it's okay exactly what's your what is your vision for the future of your business and how do you plan to expand services and reach to better support individuals on their self-love journey oh my plan my plan is to start a nonprofit. I bought which we're already in the works of doing i just filed paperwork for it about two weeks ago actually and it's going to be um for young people people of color people who have struggles, people who have been in the system so that they can feel like they have a support system. They have somewhere to go. They have someone they can call if they need advice on things. Like it could just be advice on life. I'm getting my first apartment and I want to know what questions to ask. I'm going on an interview and I want to make sure that I'm looking my best. Or I'm, I need to start building credit and I want to make sure that I'm doing it the right way. Just things like that, basic yeah. life basic life skills. And when people are able to, to receive those resources, it also boosts their self-esteem and their overall, their overall just knowing certain things. Right. So I would like to do that um, and also provide coaching services, provide therapy services. And like I said, just like a safety, a safety net, like a hub for people to have somewhere to go or someone to call. That's right. the right yeah and how so how does the concept of self-love apply to relationships and what are the implications of practicing self-love in the context of relationships oh i think in relationships it's very important to not become codependent it's mm -hmm. very important to to know yourself and to continue working on yourself even if you're with someone or yeah. not and when you are with someone they should be adding to your life in some way even if it's just you know, putting a mirror up to you and saying, here's some things that you should be improving on. That's what a true partnership is. Right. Partnership shouldn't be, it shouldn't be um, enabling where, where, where you have a person who is weak and you want them to stay weak because that makes you feel like you're better than them. 
Right. You know, that that's toxic. Um, when it comes to self-love, um, it's important um, to work on your self-esteem. And, and something else that I think is important is to prioritize the relationship, even if you have other things going on in your life, even if you have kids, if you have work, if you have family, to prioritize the other person because that is your partner. That's supposed to be your your, your partner in crime, your partner in life, right? Mm-hmm. So they prioritize as well. Yes. And then um, in what ways can practicing self-love benefit individuals in their relationships and how can it improve the overall quality of the interaction interactions and connections with others. Have you ever sat back and and thought about how good it feels after you've had a good self-care day? Yes. Let's say you went, you got your hair done, you got your nails done, you know, you you might have went and got a a nice outfit and now you feel good about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you see your partner and they see that confidence in you, that that can improve on that interaction with that partner because you took time to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that can show up as your 100% for your partner. Exactly. So that's how self-love works. If you take care of yourself, you're going to be able to show up 100% for your partner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Because as, if, you, if you're not taking care of yourself, that creates frustration. And now you're showing, now you're lashing out at your partner. I know even with my relationship with my son, we communicate so much better now because I'm working on myself. Uh, I because now it's not like I'm attacking him for everything. Now it's we're communicating, and when he has an issue with with how something is done, or he's able to speak with me, and we're not shouting at each other. Mm-hmm. But when I was in the stage where I wasn't working on myself and I wasn't healing, it was constant battle. We were always fighting. It was like a war zone in here, and my energy was. I'd walk out the room, and my energy was. I would take my energy with me. So absolutely. Yes, it, it makes a big difference taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then reminding your partner to take care of it's like you look like you're tired, you look like you stressed. Right. You day off and take care of yourself. Or let's both take a day off from work and go to the beach together. But mm-hmm. we can, it doesn't have to cost money. We can go for a hike together. We can just go sit in the park. We can we can sit on our couch and watch a show together. Exactly. And not feeling guilty for taking days off. Take your take your days off. <laughs> take your days off. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, have you heard of the NAP ministry? Follow them on Instagram. It's um, it's an organization founded by a black woman and it's on believing in the power of rest. That's definitely someone that I, I think you should follow. In- and they, they have a big following on Instagram and they have a website and she has books because burnout burnout is is going to kill us all. If we don't stop, definitely take time to rest and take care of ourselves. And I'll so, have a whole day plan out, planned yeah. out like for the next day. And I like I'll wake up in the morning like I just can't <laughs> and I will lay my butt down on the couch and do I, I'll still do little things like throw clothes in the, in the washer or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not about to do no heavy lifting. If my body's telling me I'm tired and it's a it's usually a mental tired it's not like a physical tired but my if, if i'm if my body's like nope not today trina i will lay my butt down and relax the whole day sometimes that means cuddling with my daughter and that's just just what it is so yes exactly your body will tell you when it needs to rest listen to your mm-hmm. body that's the other thing take time listen to your body because your body knows it's going to tell you all you need to know yep and why is it important to set healthy boundaries in relationships? And what are some strategies individuals can use to establish and maintain boundaries that promote their overall well-being and happiness? I always start with 
how you feel. If you're feeling resentful towards someone, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling taken advantage of, again, listen to that. Don't ignore it because the more you ignore it and put it and put it on the back burner, the worse it gets. So yeah. when if you have a person and we always know, we know when we feel like we're being taken advantage of, take pause. It's okay to take pause. It's okay to write things down, do a pros and cons list. What is this person adding to my life? Are they adding enough to my life? Or are they taking it from my life? Right? Worry about how they're going to respond to your boundary. Because if they respond negatively, that's about them. It's not about you. Right. And so you have to take your power back by recognizing I can help someone only if I'm if I'm at my highest self. Only when I am fully rested can I help. Can I help the next person? Right. And of course, it's going to it's going to depend on who it is. Of course, if it's like your child, or if it's your spouse, if it's your parent, if it's something serious. Of course, do what you have to do, but recognize when you really don't have to do it. Recognize when you're being used. So it starts there. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work, but it can be done. And do you think it's possible to feel like you're being used, but not, and you're not actually being used, but it's kind of like it's just you feel that way because maybe you're not setting. The boundaries right 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 and that's when i would say listen to yourself if, if again if you are feeling used you probably need to set a boundary you probably need to set say no you probably haven't been saying no enough yeah. or you haven't been speaking up about what you want maybe you're maybe you're trying to be like um go with the flow person oh i don't oh, i don't ask for much i'm low maintenance kill it all of that did all the low, I'm low maintenance I'm missing because that means that you are suffering that means you're putting yourself to the back burner in some way if you're right. not prioritizing yourself and, and, and saying my needs are important just like your needs are important it should be equal what do you do when you have because this is something that I, I I'm experiencing what do you do when you have someone who does do a lot for you and are willing to do a lot for you but you have a lot to do you have a lot on your own plate and um so you cannot show up for them how they would like you to show up for them how do you communicate that to someone so as you were talking the first thing that came to my mind was validation and expressing gratitude to that person and telling them how much how much it means to you that they're able to show up for you the way that they are and asking them because they may not they may not even want anything from you and some sometimes we are putting um expectations on ourselves that are, that are not even there check check right. in with to say i'm so thankful for you and i man, i thank you so much for all the things that you're doing for me is there anything that you would like me to do or anything that i can do just to show my appreciation and explain to them what time that you do have to do some things for them be an open be an active listener listen to them as well nothing right. there for them right but everyone everyone has different roles in each other's lives and you mm -hmm. should always don't expect that they want the same things from you because that might not be the case. What are some common issues, relationship issues that may arise when an individual lacks self-love and how can these issues be addressed through the practice of self-love? Let's see. A person who is not happy with themselves may be depressed. They may be irritable. They may be angry. They may lash out at their partner in negative ways. They may look at their partner as competition. Mm -hmm. They may be jealous of their partner. And so it will show in that way. You would see it because they're not happy with themselves. And because deep down there are things that they that they wish they could do better. And so that's how mm -hmm. it will come out. And so that person should should again work on themselves. You're not doing and your partner's doing. Maybe check and ask your partner about what they're doing. You know what? I admire you for what you're doing. I and I would like to be more like you. Can you tell me what your strategies are? 
how how are you able to keep up with these things the way that you are? I admire that much and I want to learn. But being humble, being humble enough to ask your partner for help, that goes a long way. And that's also practicing self-love. Asking for help is self-love. It's not weakness. And that's wow. another another myth that we have to that we have to get rid of is asking for help. People are walking around who are what you would call hyper independent. I don't need nobody for anything. I don't need this. And I, we all need someone. And it is okay to ask for help. It's okay to look to your partner and say, you know what, you inspire me. And I would like to be more like you, as opposed to trying to find ways to attack them and trying to find something that you can say, oh, see, you're not that perfect. Let me cut you down a little bit. Let me let me put you in your place. Mm-hmm. That's that's the negative way to do it. And that's and that's a that's an example of someone who is not loving themselves. Looking right. for opportunities to cut their partner down. So that's how you would see it. Can you provide examples of how the practice of self-love can help individuals address common relationship issues? such as codependency, insecurity, and communication problems. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier. We are mm-hmm. talking about codependency. Life is about balance. You have to find mm-hmm. balance in your life, create balance. And people hate schedules, but I think that that is my best friend is having a schedule. I, I put in my, my self-care time. I put in my time for my friends, my time for my loved ones, putting and making sure you stick to that plan. Because if you don't, if you're just if you're just floating through life, letting life happen to you, then you're 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 operating within like like not having control of your life. If that right. makes sense. so, that's yeah. important to create the balance so that you don't be, end up being codependent. If you're on, if you're always going with the flow, going with what your partner wants to do, spending too much time with your partner and not pouring in yourself, not improving on yourself, what happens if that partner leaves? Then you then you don't know who you are anymore because you're only doing what your what your partner wants to do. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's to always cultivate those friendships, continue to continue to have those hobbies, continue to have those goals for yourself, whether it's professional goals, personal goals, it could be a fitness goal, um, any kind of goal. Keep keep on with those goals. No doesn't matter how small they, they may be, or you may exactly. they're actually big things because it's, mm-hmm. it's about you and what's important to yourself. So keep those things in mind whether you have a partner or not. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what are some practical um, tips and strategies that individuals can use to practice self-love in the context of their relationships? And how can these practices lead to more fulfilling and satisfying really um, connections with others? I think this kind of goes back to another question that had, um, from earlier. So I say earlier. <laughs> I feel like that was a simple <laughs> question. Well, taking care of yourself, making sure that you show up 100%. You mm-hmm. might need to take a self-care day. Oh, take some time away from your partner and, and do things just for yourself. Even if it's just like window shopping, I'm just going to go to the store. I'm going to go to the mall and just, and just walk around by myself. Right. I'm going to put my headphones on and listen to what I want to listen to. I'm going to take myself on a solo date you know, and explore something new. And then maybe if I like it, I'll share it with my partner. Right. So and it's then, healthy to spend time alone, to separate. Yes. People who cannot spend time by themselves, they're usually avoiding something. They're avoiding their own thoughts. They're avoiding their inner demons. Absolutely. And that's also a thing. People can use other people as distractions from themselves. And things from they their have. actual healing. I will say, don't do that. Take time. <laughs> Every, everyone should have some alone time at some point during the week. Even like I said, even if I know that people are busy, people have kids, people have lives. Hey, 
even if you even if it's just an hour by yourself taking a bath or something, you know, that is that is your time. Or even it, it might it might have to be that time when you're in the car by yourself, you know, driving to work or after you drop your kids off at school. Get or you can put them to bed early. Right. A little bit earlier than normal so that you can get your alone time because guess what? You have to be in the right mind to take care of them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. So again, I'm talking to a lot of moms who who feel guilty for doing things by themselves or guilt, you know, guilty. And no, I'm glad you're not one of them, but there are moms who feel guilty. They pour their whole their whole lives into their kids, which is nothing wrong with that, but you have to make sure you have you have some water for yourself first. Mm-hmm. That's just like going on the airplane, what they tell you. They tell you to put the put the oxygen on yourself first and then your yeah. child. Because you won't be able to do it if you're not around. If you if you're if you're not living because you're not breathing, how can you take care of your child? If you're burnt out. I know, I know a lot of people make me feel guilty when I like when I take time away from my kids. I so I'm I'm with my kids all the time. If I'm not working, I'm with my kids. And I don't I'm I'm I don't um I could probably take them to go do things more often, but I spend a lot of time with them. And um I rarely, rarely go out for myself. But when I do, I hear certain people with a judgment in their voice. And it's just like I'm gonna step out a little bit from on my own because I don't my life cannot revolve around my kids. It can't. Because I'm gonna go crazy. I can't even have conversations with them. Not real ones, not the little ones. <laughs> I have to step away sometimes. Even sometimes I'll put them like if I've I feel like I've, like the week's been going and I've been spending all this time with just them or work. I'll put them to sleep like an hour early. Hey y'all, it's time to go to sleep. I know it's it's earlier than your bedtime, but it's time to go to sleep so I can spend some time by myself. Sometimes I'll just lay there in their beds, they won't go to sleep, but it's quiet and I need that to take that time to myself because it's important kudos to those moms that can spend every waking second with it with their kids i can't for my mental health what's wrong with that that's the thing that's what I, they they have empty nest syndrome right your kids are not going to always be kids they're, they're going to grow up one day and they're going to have their own lives and they're going to need their boundaries too away from you so they can grow up and be fully functioning adults that means that means mom it's okay to have your own life. And boundaries are, are needed in every, if you think about it, in every facet of your life, you need boundaries. Exactly. You do. It just, it's just going to lead to overall better mental health. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's with everybody, like with your kids, with your mom, with your partners, with everybody, everybody. So how does self-love contribute to effective communication relationships? And what are some specific ways that, that individuals can cultivate self-love to improve their communication skills? and strengthen strengthen their relationships. Empathy and validation go a long way. Yes. When you're talking to someone and also when you are approaching something with someone, approach the problem, not the person. Right. Don't personalize it. Don't name call. Don't don't bash them. Don't put them down. Try to be direct and say, here is the issue. This is a situation that actually happened. Here are the facts, right? Here's how I feel about the situation. And here's what I would like to happen next, right? Here, I'm offering you a solution as well. I'm not just coming at you and attacking you and saying, you don't care about me because X, Y, and Z, right? This, okay, this will work good if we had an example. Let's say um, you're dating someone. It's, it's kind of, it's fairly new. And you notice that they're always late. <laughs> they're always late to everything, things that mm-hmm. you have. And... You know, some people might say, oh, well, that person doesn't care about you. 
they, they, they're disrespectful. They have someone else that might be in the yeah. back of their mind. And so if you have that in your mind, you might just start to accuse them off the bat. Oh, you don't care about me. You got somebody else. You're, you're always doing this. You're always doing that. And then how do you think they're going to respond if that's how you come at them? How are they going to respond? Negatively. You get the energy that you put out. Right. So, okay. So now let's do this. Go back. Let's do this again. I noticed that when we have plans that you're late and when you're late, it makes me anxious. And so what I would love for you to do is if you can send me a text or call me when you know you're going to be late, that way I won't worry about you. That simple. See, same message. Oh, right. Is I attacked it differently. I didn't, I didn't blame. I didn't make assumptions about that person. I just stated the facts, how it made me feel and, and how I would like it to be solved. That's it. Absolutely. It could all be so simple. It could all be so simple. Without using the you statement, you did this and you did that. No, I I noticed that this is happening. Right. And it makes me feel this way because you have to, they have to understand why this is an issue for you. And I would like it if you did this. And th if you did it this way, this would make me feel this way. Right. So that's what it comes back to. It comes back to my feelings, right? I'm loving myself and but but you have to also recognize it within yourself. Automatically going on attack mode, just say, you know what? It doesn't it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm not prioritized. Right. When you're when you're always late or, or when when you don't show up on time. It and then just, you're not telling them that they're the problem. You're saying, Hey, this is an issue for me because of this. Mm-hmm. And so not, not that you're doing something wrong, but it, but it's making me feel like this. Right. Right. All of our actions impact people all the time mm -hmm. without us even realizing it. And so you have to be in touch with your feelings and with certain behaviors that make you feel a certain way. That's where the self-love comes in. Getting to right. know yourself, really, really getting to know yourself and knowing what your triggers are. That's the first thing I ask my clients. Do you know what your triggers are? Sometimes they don't know Well, we have to take our time and really go through it. Right. That's just like, I literally, right before our session, I had this conversation with this guy that I'm dating. I have abandonment issues and I know that my abandonment issues are a thing. I require a lot of a, a communication. Um, and even if we can't talk on the phone every day, I'm not like, oh, we got to talk on the phone every day, but just text me and let me know. It's been a few days since the last time I spoke to him. I was just going to be like, forget it. <laughs> but I'm like, nope, this is his first time doing this. Let me communicate this with him. I called him and I let him know like, hey, haven't heard from you in a few days. What's going on? And he's like, oh, he's dealing with the funeral. Some family came down for a funeral. Okay, that's fine. I understand that you're busy. Um, but just next time, just shoot a text because it makes me feel like because I have these issues, it makes me feel like I'm not important when you when when that happens. But he understood. He's like, he loved that I said something. He loved that I spoke up and that I just didn't keep internalize it. And he told me that he would, he would, it wouldn't happen again. And we can go from there and see if it does happen again, then I know that now are the next steps that I need to take because I've already expressed to you that this makes me feel this way. If you continue doing it, knowing how it makes me feel, then that's the thing. It makes sense. Right. Communicating those things. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to going into attack mode. And a lot of times it's from trauma. We feel like we, I need to get them before they get me. Yeah. Right? Let me, so let me come up with all the things I can come up with to attack them before it goes bad. And that's mm -hmm. also, that's a way of controlling the narrative 
but it's also out of fear. That's a fear-based behavior. Yes. And it's about learning, learning about yourself. And a lot of, most of the time it goes back to childhood. And when you're with someone that you, um, and you're dating someone, all those childhood traumas are going to come out if you don't address them head on. It's like, I love to hear you say that, that you recognize that you have issues with abandonment. And so you recognize how that can come up when it comes to um, relationships. And yeah. so knowing that about yourself can help you to communicate with your partner what your needs are and what mm -hmm. your love languages are. That's also very important. Again, even with that, that comes from things that maybe you weren't receiving as a child. Mine are quality time and words of affirmation. Like, the funny part is his are the same, but mine are quality time is the main one and words of affirmation. But that goes, it's clear that mm -hmm. that comes from the whole abandonment thing. I like to spend time because that lets me know that you're, you, you're, you care about me. You're not going anywhere. Like you want to spend time with me just as much as I want to spend time with you. Yeah. Just understanding that and even and noticing what's happening inside of you before you get to the point that you're blowing up. So I don't, I don't blow up anymore because I noticed that I'm okay. But the first thought in my mind, all right, I'm about to, I'm not going to answer his calls no more. I'm not going to answer his calls. I retreat. I abandon abort mission because that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. I noticed that once those thoughts of me just disappearing come up, that this is what I'm experiencing. And, and the best way to address it is to bring it up. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you just, and you just verbalized what I was saying earlier perfectly. And so people ask me that all the time. I say, you have to speak up. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to be assertive. Let the person know how you, how you feel. Attack, but attack the problem, not the person. Always right. relate, no matter what. Always attack the behavior and the problem. Here be is assertive, not aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> Right. And not passive aggressive. Not like, oh, well, I'm gonna, hey, you didn't respond to my text right away. So I'm going to take a whole day before I respond to yours now. Exactly. Passive aggressive. That's, that's game playing. And that's toxic behavior. As opposed to saying, you know what? I noticed that you haven't responded to my text all day and it made me a little bit anxious. I would really appreciate it if you would let me know if you're going to be busy and you can't respond. That way I won't be anxious. End of story. And then even if you do respond negatively, sitting with yourself, because people think that once they respond negatively, that's it. No, sitting with yourself, thinking about it, like, okay, how can I do this? And going to the person and apologizing, like, hey, I know I didn't react the best way. And then working through that with them, letting them know where you, where you went wrong, the reasons behind it, but that you know that that's not an excuse. And asking them if they're willing to, if this is something that they're willing to work through with you. Communication goes a long way. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of connections are lost due to lack of communication skills. Absolutely. And that, and that's probably the number one topic that I discuss with most of my clients is that communication, how to be assertive and not aggressive and not right. passive. Exactly. Why is vulnerability important in relationships and how can the practice of self-love help individuals become more comfortable with being vulnerable and sharing your true selves with their partner? Well, vulnerability is important because you need that in order to establish trust with someone. And so and it has to go both ways, right? If it's, if it's closed off, if you feel like you're closed off from a person, you're not going to want to trust them with anything. Right. So vulnerability is very important, but also it takes time. Some people have to be taught vulnerability. They don't know how to do it. They haven't had to do it ever before with anybody else. Mm -hmm. and so maybe starting slow and, and saying, can you tell me something about your childhood that I don't know? 
asking thoughtful questions and listening, leaning in and showing that you're interested in that person. Telling them that, that you remember something about them that they said, oh, this person actually heard what I said. This person listens to me. They thought about me. Now, mm -hmm. now it makes you want to share more with them because they actually have they actually have interest in what I have to say. Right. All right. So that was the last question. Do you have any any final thoughts for the listeners? I, I just want everyone to take more time to love themselves, rest when you need to rest. And it's okay to communicate your needs to people. You don't have to always put yourself on the back burner. That's not how you win in life. So prioritize yourself and that's how you're going to win in life. Yes, and I second that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, um, Cambria, for talking with us today. I really appreciate you. And I will have all of all of your social media and stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Unapologetic Love Podcast. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Cambria Caldwell, a licensed marriage and family therapist and expert in the area of self-love. We discuss the importance of self-love in relationships and how it can help individuals communicate effectively, set healthy boundaries, and address common issues such as codependency and insecurity. Some key takeaways from this conversation include the importance of practicing self-care self and self-compassion, the value of vulnerability in building deeper connections with others, and the need to prioritize our, our own needs and desires in order to create healthy and fulfilling relationships. We encourage all of our listeners to prioritize their own self-love journey and to practice self-love in their relationships every day. Remember, this is a journey and it's okay to stumble along the way, but with commitment and dedication, we can all learn to love ourselves more deeply and build stronger connections with those around us. If you're interested in connecting with Cambria for further support and resources on your self-love journey, be sure to check out the show notes for her contact information. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share with anyone who may benefit from these conversations. Until next time, stay unapologetically you.